All right. Well, hello again. Welcome back to the Bible teaching channel of a love outreach. Today is the third day of the month, the third day of November. So we are going to go ahead and um, take a look at Proverbs chapter three and just kind of talk our way through it and kind of see what the Lord has for us. Um, hello to Isaac out there in Oregon. Thank you for joining us. And if, like I always say, if you're in a position where you can do so, I recommend that you open up your Bible and read along with us. We, um, I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And like I said, we are in Proverbs chapter three. So as much like uh, chapter two started out, we see here that... Um, Solomon is again addressing his son. He says, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. And I expounded on that quite a bit yesterday in regards to, you know, the commands of those that, you know, are ahead of us or are our, our elders. Um, and of course, keeping the commands of our Lord excuse me, as the utmost important thing in our lives. It says, for length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. So again, Solomon was confident about the fact that the wisdom that he had, he had from God. And he was confident that it produces something. It produces good fruit in your life if we pay attention to the wisdom that God offers us. Um, and he says here, length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you if you keep the commands, okay? So let not mercy and truth forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So you should be established in truth. And look, it's difficult when we go through a world like we're going through and things seem to be waxing worse and worse. And maybe it's just people, you know, who've been around longer, like myself, who say, wow, you know, it's definitely a lot worse now than it was, you know, 30 years ago when I was in, in Christ, you know, uh, and you kind of, the Holy Spirit opens your eyes, you begin to see things differently, you begin to desire, like we talked a lot about in yesterday's proverb, I believe it was walking in right um, righteousness, uprightness, um, the Holy Spirit within you takes blinders off of your eyes. You start to see the difference between what really truly is good, what really is truth and what is a lie and what is evil. You know, you start, you start to be able to, to discern these things. And as you do, you want to base your life on what is truth, what is good. And he says mercy as well. You know, we don't need to be hard and calloused in this life. You know, we're going to go through things, circumstances, situations, people are going to do things wrong in our lives. You may even have a loved one um, that maybe mistreated you in one way, shape or form, or you're bitter at over something that maybe happened in your life. But we need to be people of mercy, people of love, people of compassion. And these are the things, again, that as we're yielding our lives to the work of the Holy Spirit within us, and we're allowing the Spirit of the Lord to lead us, where we're not Carnal, carnally minded, and we're not led by the flesh, but rather led by the spirit, we'll find that these things exist more and more in us as we mature and as we grow in the Lord. And if you're out there and you're listening to this and 
maybe you're a baby in Christ. Maybe you haven't been in Christ for very long or you're just, you know, starting to focus your life on Christ, you know. You need to keep yourself in that position where you're desiring the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, you know, and then you, there's, a, there's a maturation process that takes place when one comes to the Lord. And uh, the Lord knows that we need this. The Lord knows exactly where we are. And he knows the things that we need to grow in. I mean, you know, 36 years now in the Lord, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, being corrected and instructed and all of that kind of stuff. You know, I, we're, we're never, we're, I've not arrived. And I don't think until the day we arrive on the other side when we've crossed over from this life, I don't think until that day will we truly have arrived. So, but let, mer let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablets of your heart. In other words, establish them in them. Bind them around your neck. Keep them ever visible to yourself that, that you're, you know, you're building your life upon it. And then he says, and so find favor. What's the result of that, right? Well, you'll find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Now, we know that as we go through this life, we don't always find favor in the sight of all of mankind. It's just, it's just not going to happen, especially if you're standing for things, you're standing for the word of God, you're, you're walking in righteousness, you're on the narrow path. If you're on the narrow path, but you're in a world like we are, where everyone else around us is on that broad path that leads to destruction, you know, they're just followers going in the way of everyone else, but you're going against the flow and you're on the narrow path, you're taking a different direction. Well, you might not have faith in the sight of man at all times. But what Solomon is pointing out to his son here is when you're basing, your, when you're a merciful person and you're basing your life in truth, eventually people take notice and they say, and they, they may even come to you and say, what is it? What is it that you have? Why is it that you're so, you know, you're so set on this? You're so established in what you believe. How can that be? And then they ask you that kind of thing and, and, and in you know, in the New Testament, it tells us to always be ready to give an answer. But these are things that that build in our lives. We grow in, we mature in the Lord, but we need instruction and we need to be constantly reminded of this. You know, that's why, again, just reading the Proverbs on a regular basis will, will get you to the point where you've got the word of God hid within you and you know, okay, I need to be merciful in this situation. I need to deal truthfully in this situation, you know? And you'll find favor in the sight of God and man, you know, especially in the sight of God for sure. And quite often in the sight of men, if you're doing what is right and you're walking in integrity. Trust in the Lord. Here's a, a very, you know, familiar verse to many people. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Very wonderful verse to just commit to your memory if you, you know, haven't already memorized this, these two verses here, but trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And that's what he requires of us, absolute surrender where we give him our all, where our priority, as you often hear me mention, is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's our priority, 
right? And we're trusting in him with all of our heart and lean not on your own understanding. You're going to find out in life if you haven't already that there is so much that we just don't understand. You know, there's an old song and I've, I've, might've heard me mention this before. I've probably mentioned it quite a few times, uh, you know, on my teachings over the years, but an old song, it's an old hymn that was played at our wedding because um, my wife's grandmother wanted it sung there. And it says, many things about tomorrow that I will not understand, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. So we're trusting in the Lord. And that's what it means to know who holds tomorrow. And trusting in the Lord is knowing that he is holding our hand. He's taken us through this life. Like if you were with us yesterday on Wednesday Night Live, we talked about being in the boat with the Lord and getting to the other side. He's with us, right? He's going through this life with us, right? But we do have things in this lifetime that we just will not understand, it's difficult. We do not comprehend, but we're not supposed to lean on our own understanding. We're supposed to trust in the Lord. And then in all of our ways, everything we do, whatever decisions we're making, wherever we're going, wherever we're living, whatever plans we have, we just acknowledge the Lord. And what does he do as a result of that? He'll direct our paths. You know, sometimes, you know, there, there are times in certain people's lives where, and uh, I can't say off the top of my head, I'm not really thinking it through that this has ever really happened to me where the Lord has said, you know, okay, up and move and, and you're going here. That, that hasn't happened in my life. Uh, I've pretty much had to make decisions in my life and just trust that the Lord is with me. You know, whatever it is, a career path or whatever we're doing, um, we say, hey, I know you hold tomorrow. I know you hold my hand. I know you're taking me through this life. And I'm just going to acknowledge you, Lord, in all of my ways and trust in you. And I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. You see, it's, you know, it's that old thing. I guess the best analogy, though, uh, I, I've never done it and wouldn't do it. You know, just where you fall back and you let somebody catch you you know, and you're trusting that they will. I don't trust in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. When it comes to the Lord, I'll lean on him. I'll trust in him. I'll fall back on him. And that's what we need to do, right? So, and when we do, he directs our paths, okay? So we're seeing some things here that are very beneficial, very useful in our lives. How to find um, high esteem, how to find favor in the sight of God and man. And, uh, you know, long length, what's to say, verse two, for length of days and long life and peace, you know, when we're keeping the commands, when we're walking in what's right, and then we see that he directs our paths here. So a lot of good here. Do not be wise, verse seven, do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. So this is kind of the opposite if you think about it. Do not be wise in your own eyes um, is the opposite of acknowledging the Lord in, you know, in all your ways. Okay, if you don't want to acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, well, then you're going to have to be wise in your own eyes. You're going to have to say, okay, this is what I think, or this is what, whatever, you know, but, you know, you, you have nothing that you're falling back on, that you're, you know, trusting in. Well, the Bible says, fear the Lord here 
in the second half of verse seven, fear the Lord. That is honor the Lord with your life and depart from evil. Okay, don't go in the way that seems right. Don't go in that broad path, the way that everyone else is going. Is going. Choose the narrow path because that's the way that leads to life eternal, and that's the way that leads to favor in the sight of God. Okay, it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. It says here, right? You're just going to feel much better when you're doing what is right, okay? Honor the Lord with your possessions, verse 9 says, and with the first fruits of all your increase. This just ties right into acknowledging the Lord in all of your ways. There's nothing that you keep from God. The earth is the Lord's in all of its fullness. There's nothing that mankind has. Mankind won't admit it for the most part, but there's nothing that we have that hasn't come from something that was made by God. Everything we have has come from something that is made by God. So the earth is the Lord's and all, all the fullness thereof. So with all of our possessions and everything we have, we honor the Lord with it. You know, you can find a way in your life to help the spreading of the gospel, the teaching of the word of God. You can maybe find people that, you know, from a financial standpoint that you can help and, you know, and, and assist them in things. Just there's things to do with it. There's things to do. Whatever you do, you want to do what's right, what is good. When you do what is right and what is good with your increase and your possessions, you're honoring the Lord in that. And then it says, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You will lack, you will not lack, that is, excuse me, when you're trusting in the Lord and you're honoring him. He'll provide your needs. Now, this is where it gets a bit tricky, right? Because a lot of times, if we're not careful, we have ourselves where we think our needs are one thing, but God knows truly what our needs are. He knows what our needs are, and he wants us to have godliness with contentment and consider that to be great gain. So there's a difference between our needs and our greeds, right? You know, having food and clothing and shelter, the Bible says we are to be content with these things, right? We're to be content with what we have, you know, the, you know, we don't need, you know, many, the uh, scripture says that people pierce themselves through with many sorrows when they have a desire to be rich. They just go after things, they're chasing after the things of the world. But what this is putting on, what this is portraying here and what Solomon is telling his son is, no, make the Lord what you honor. Seek him first, right? Stay out of the paths of evil. Do what's right. Do what's good, okay? Let me look at the comments here. Becky listening from Gettysburg. Hey, Becky. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Isaac, verse nine, has me remember the story of Cain and Abel and their offerings to God. Is this relevant to this passage, verse nine, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all, all your increase. Well, it's relevant in the sense that they both were doing that. Yes. Um, they both exact, exactly. I mean, I don't have much else to say about that, but yeah, they were doing that. That was, that's the right thing to do that we honor the Lord with our increase and our possessions and such. 
And then um, my, verse 11, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son, in whom he delights. So here again, we see that God is working in us. It's, scripture says he's working in us to will and to do of his good pleasure, right? And he's begun a good work in us. He'll be faithful to complete it. But sometimes, just like a child, just like a child, they need chastening. They need disciplining. They need correction, right? And, and it says here in verse 12, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects. So it's the same thing with a father or a mother correcting their child. Why do they do that? Because they love them. They don't want them to go in the wrong paths. They want them to stay on the right path, the, the, what we would call in the world, right, the straight and narrow. But Jesus, that's the path that the Lord wants us to walk on, that narrow path, right? Not that broad path that leads to destruction, but where, again, we're focusing everything in, we're bringing everything in and saying, hey, Lord, it's all yours. The earth is yours. Everything, all of his fullness, everything's yours. I'm yours. Everything I have is yours. And that's what Solomon is teaching his son here. And he says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. Now this is repeated a couple different times throughout the Proverbs, the sentiment here, right? That is far better to seek wisdom, it's far better to seek understanding because what you'll benefit from that outweighs anything that this world can offer you. Remember, the things of this world are perishing. We take nothing with us. There's, there, there's never a U-Haul at a funeral, right? No one's ever taken anything with them when they go. Into this world, they came with naked, like Job said, and they'll leave that way with nothing. They, they have nothing. You know, so there are things that matter, though, eternally, things like wisdom and understanding, honoring God, fearing the Lord, reverencing him, doing what's right, doing what's good. These are the things that have eternal value. These are the things that get us favor in the sight of God and in the sight of man. Speaking of wisdom, and here it says, it refers to her as she, right? In the style of writing here, she is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand, riches and honor. So he's just really... You know, again, we, I always want to remind you of this. Where is this wisdom that Solomon had coming from? It was given to him by God. So it's coming from God to Solomon down in writing and throughout all these ages here to us. And it's saying, hey, this is what you need to do. You know, it's, it's far length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand. Riches and honor, her ways are the ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace so again we're talking about things that are unseen right we're not talking about see people will seek peace in having more money right the more money i have maybe the more peace i have you know jesus talked about a man who you know, stored up in barns and he had everything that he could possibly had his, have. His barns were full and he said, this is it. My soul can now take ease. I can rest. It sounds like, you know, 
you know, people striving for retirement today. And then a lot of people get to retirement and die, you know, thankfully people get to get to retirement and enjoy it. But, you know, this man was storing up in barns so that he had plenty and all that. And the Lord said, today your soul will be required of you. Because Jesus was, again, just like Solomon's doing here, pointing us to the things that are unseen. You know, a man looks at the outward appearance, right? Samuel, um, and Samuel talked about that, right? Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And that's where he's working in you and me. He's working on our hearts, not, not external things. He doesn't care what kind of car we have in the garage or what kind of house we're living in or you know, our style of clothing or anything like that. He is working in us to will and to do of his good pleasure, not on the outside of us. Okay, And again, I'm just kind of bringing all that up to say that Solomon's talking about wisdom is worth so much more than the things of this world, silver and gold and rubies and all that, right? She is a tree of life, verse 18 says, to those who take hold of her and happy are all who retain her. It says, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. So wisdom is with God, right? And the fear of the Lord, honoring God with your life, the scripture tells us, is the beginning of wisdom. It where it all, it's where it all starts, right? And God, again, gave this wisdom to Solomon. So by his knowledge, the depths were broken up and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Again, you know, live your life in such a way that you realize that having wisdom from God and, and the things that, that are internal, things like joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, self-control, these things, right? These are the things that matter. And these are the things like we read earlier that get us favor in the sight of God and in man, right? So we gotta keep that sound wisdom, right? So verse 22 says, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. You see, oftentimes in life when you're kind of taking the world's way of doing things, you're cutting corners, you're cheating, you're lying, you're, you're doing all this thing, kind of things, you constantly got to be looking over your shoulder, right? And you might even lose sleep. And when you worry about the things of the world and you're trying to store up money and you're trying to, you know, base your, your mind is so focused on that kind of thing, it can, can steal your sleep away because you lie awake at night worrying about these type of things, right? And it's easy to go there. It's easy to go there because remember, the Lord is teaching us to walk by faith and not by sight. And just like we can go back here in, in this chapter, we're to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and we're to lean not on our own understanding. But it's so easy for us in our carnal nature, in the flesh here on this earth to say, well, I want to understand this. You know, I, 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 I want to see it. 
before I do it. Uh, you know, and, and we, we tend to look at the outward appearance of things and we look at the things in the world rather than trusting in the Lord. But this is why we are to discipline ourselves and train ourselves to say, okay, what does the word of God say? And this is the direction that I want to go. Again, we're growing. We're all still growing. I'm still growing in this, right? Again, I'm 36 years old in the Lord, but sometimes I don't feel like I know that much, you know, because we go through situations and there's trials and there's struggles and there's things like that that happen, temptations, things like that come our way and, and we feel weak, but the Lord is with us. And like we talked about on Wednesday Night Live, he's going to take us to the other side. We're going to get there. But he wants us to stay focused on him. And he wants us to seek after the things that are good and holy and lovely and of good report, right? Things that are just, the ways of righteousness. That's what he wants us seeking, Okay, and he says, do not be afraid, verse 25, of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence. Same thing with the boat story that we talked about on Wednesday Night Live. If you didn't see that, if you're watching or you know, seeing the recording of this or hearing the audio of this, um, you can check out the teaching called Wednesday Night Live. But, you know, here here were the disciples in the boat and there was sudden terror, terror, right? There was a storm coming and uh, the scripture is telling us here, the Lord is with us, right? The Lord will be your confidence and he'll keep your foot from being caught. If you're doing what? If you're trusting in him and you're acknowledging him in all of your ways, right? Verse 27 do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Okay, so here again, this is a matter of trusting in the Lord, right? A neighbor, someone comes to you, they need something, you have it. And I'm not just talking about like borrowing an egg or a cup of sugar, right? Though that's a nice thing to do as well, right? But I'm talking about people that have, really have need and you have the power within your hand to help them do that. When you're trusting in the Lord and you know that the Lord is your provider and you're doing something that's good with what you have, that's the life that the Lord wants us to lead. That's how he wants us to live. That's the way he wants us to be. Not as if we're storing up treasure here on the earth, but we're storing up treasures in heaven, okay? And, and, and we're living life as if, you know, it's not about where we are, but it's about where we're going, okay? Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. In other words, you, sh you should have a good relationship with your neighbor because, you know, there may come a time when you need to rely on him or he, ne he needs to rely on you. Do not strive with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. Okay, these are... These, I don't know, I want to say these are common sense things or should be common sense type thing, things in the lives of those that are trusting in the Lord. You don't want to start strife. You don't want to go out and start trouble. You don't want to pick a fight. There, there are things that you need to just walk away from, circumstances and situations that arise. You know, I'm on the road all day driving, you know, sometimes 200 miles a day. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of things that happen on the road. People are constantly angry with each other, all kind of road rage going on. 
I just try to drive and avoid it all, you know, stay away from it all. But sometimes it's directed at me because maybe I made a bad move, but I just kind of keep to myself, look straight ahead. You don't want to cause strife. You don't want to cause any problems. Just move on, right? Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways. For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. So he's just, Solomon is just telling his son here, don't go in the way of that man. Don't do what he does, right? Because that person is an abomination to the Lord, right? But the secret counsel of the Lord is with the upright. What is the secret counsel? It's that which God speaks in your heart. That which you hear from within you because you've committed your ways to him and you're honoring him with the way you live and you're reading the word. And and like David said, thy word have I hid in my heart. And when you do that and you take the word of God, which is why I'm constantly teaching it in the way that I am, but it's also why I want to read it myself and hide it in my own heart so that I can, you know, know how to hear that secret counsel from the Lord. You know, sometimes the Lord will speak to you in that still small voice, okay? That's something within you that just says, okay, Lord, I know this is what you want me to do. I know this is how you want me to handle this situation. Maybe you're in a pressure type situation or, you know, there's some tense things going on. Someone else is, you know, barking or yelling at you. Again, you know, you want to hear that counsel within you that says, ignore it, walk away, just move on, keep things, keep things good, right? Don't, don't devise evil against someone else because sometimes you want to think, ah, oh, you know what? He did that, I'll do this. But that's not the way that the Lord instructs us, okay? The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. So here again, just like in verse 32, he says, the perverse person is abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright, right? We see a contrast between the perverse and the upright. And then here in verse 33, we see a contrast between the just and the wicked, okay? So we see how the Lord treats those that are wicked and how he's going to treat those that are just and that are upright. So it's important. It does matter how we live. It does matter to the Lord how we live, and the choices that we make. But it all starts with absolute surrender, like I talked about in the beginning. It starts with saying, I'm trusting in the Lord with all of my heart. It's not going to be about me anymore. It's not going to be about my own understanding. In all of my ways, I'm going to acknowledge him. This is what happens in the the life of a person that commits their way to the Lord and trusts in the Lord. They're choosing, again, a different path than the rest of the world. They're choosing a narrow path. And what happens is, is the Lord then begins a work within you and you start to see the results of that work within your life. You start to see some growing, you know, and you start to see some change, things like that, right? Surely he scorns the scornful, verse 34, but he gives grace to the humble. We are called to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. And you know, it really shouldn't be that hard. If we can get a picture of who God is and how great God is, you know, and we look at his creation and we look at all that he's made and everything like that, 
you know, David said, you know, when he did that, he said, when I consider thy handiwork, and I'm kind of paraphrasing this, but he said to the Lord, when I consider your handiwork, you know, when he was looking at creation, he said, who is man that thou art mindful of him? In other words, it's, it's amazing that we have such an amazing God that created this world and all that exists within it. You know, but yet he wants to pay attention to us. He wants to look within your soul, within my soul and say, hey, this is how I want you to live. This is how I want your life to be. And so it shouldn't be hard for us to humble ourselves before the almighty God like that. You know, and he gives grace to us. So verse 35, the last verse of the chapter, the wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. So the wise shall inherit glory. Remember not to confuse this type of wise here with, you know, like there are people on the earth that come up with wise sayings, but maybe they don't, maybe they're atheists. Maybe they don't even believe in God, but they have wisdom as far as certain subjects go, maybe tech, technology or, you know, whatever it may be, right? They have that type of wisdom. But the type of wisdom that the Bible talks about, again, says that it begins with the fear of the Lord. That's the kind of wisdom that God gives, and it's peaceable, right? It's easily entreated, the scripture says, the wisdom that comes from above. So that's a different kind of wisdom than some philosophical type wisdom that some guru might have, right? That's not the type of wisdom that the Bible is talking about. It's talking about a wisdom that starts with fearing the Lord. That is honoring the Lord with your life, reverencing him. That's what we mean by fear, right? We reverence the Lord and we place him first. And what happens? We inherit glory. That's where we go on to. But shame shall be the legacy of fools. Who's the fool? It's the fool that is said in his heart, there is no God. Right? It's the fool that despises God. It's the fool that says, I can be wise in my own eyes. I can do things my own way. And guess what? I, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, as the old saying goes, right? But what happens is, is we have to come to that place where we say, nah, it's no longer about that. Again, I'm going to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. And I'm going to lean not on my own understanding and all of my ways. I'm going to acknowledge, acknowledge him and I'm going to let him direct my path. So that's the encouragement and the exhortation that we find here in Proverbs chapter three. So thanks again for watching, for listening, whichever the case may be. Um, like I said, I don't always do these chapters of Proverbs live like this. Probably 80% of the time I have, um, but sometimes I'll just record them and then upload them later. But um, so anyway, I'm kind of hesitating right now um, just in case anybody had any other comments to make or anything like that because, again, we deal with a delay here in, what, in the way I do this. So, but um, yeah. So thank you, Isaac. God bless. Thank you, Becky, for watching. Whoever else is out there, God bless you. Anybody has any questions, again, you can reach me via email, dave at aloveoutreach.com. You can go to our website, aloveoutreach.com. Fill out the contact form there, 
and uh, we'll respond to you that way as well. And I think that's about it. So we'll go ahead and close it down for tonight. And um, if I'm not live sometime before next Wednesday, Lord willing, that's the plan to be live again next Wednesday. But God bless. We will see you next time.